Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Portions of the Orders Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for any brand in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 106 in Edmonton. My apologies to Brent and Dreger. He does not sound like Eileen Bell today. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoff with you, along with Brendan Ulrich. Second hour of Oilers Now brought to you by our friends at Digitex. Chad uses Digitex for their copiers and their printers. Their service is excellent. In this hour, you, we, are going to open up our River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. It's brought to you by Larry the Cable Guy, April the 14th at the River Cree. Still time, by the way, to see Bill Engvall tomorrow night. Tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. Some guests on the show receive gift certificates from Japanese Village, three locations downtown, south side, and north side. We're going to get to a bunch of texts on our Westlock Ford text line at 630-630. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson at Westlock Ford. Check out their great selection today at westlockford.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. Just before we get to our interactive segment, we before we went to break, before we went to Brenton's uh, news update, Brennan Ulrich, I asked the question, who went second behind Ryan Nugent Hopkins in the 2008 WHL Bantam Draft? And the answer is... Ty Rowdy, the winner is Jeff with a G. Jeff with a G. So he's a G-off Jeff. That's yes. G-off. <laughs> I had a couple buddies who were G-off Jeffs. Uh, you could uh, text us at 630-630. We're going to open up the phone line, 780-496-0063. What do you think? Have the orders got... An internal solution to who plays left wing with Connor McDavid. Have you seen enough to make a judgment? Ryan Nugent Hopkins with Connor. And then Leon Dreisaitl centers the second line. My feelings on this, Nugent has always been smart enough to play in that role. He's a great compliment, but he can also help make the player better. And I think that's actually occurring with Connor. Um Ty Rowdy, frankly, has surprised me to date. In terms of Leon, I do think long-term, if Nugent Hopkins ends up playing with Connor McDavid, that the Oilers will have to get themselves another guy to play a tandem, if you uh, may, for right now. And maybe that guy is yes, a Pugliarvi, but in my opinion, he's better slated at this stage to be playing the minutes and the role he's in. When he's with Ryan with Ryan Strom and Lucic, but mostly with Strom, they're looking for each other, and when he tends to play, in my opinion, with McDavid or Drysaddle, he defers too much for them instead of playing his game. Again, you can text us at 630-630. Just back to that 2008 WHL Bantam draft. Your mic is either hot or coming through there, Brendan, just so you know. Okay. 
Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins went first in that 2008 draft to the Red Deer Rebels. Ty Ratty, who won the WHL or the uh, Alberta Bantam Mitchell AAA scoring race that year, he came in second. Duncan Siemens, now with the Colorado Avalanche, he took a while to develop. He's actually played well uh, uh Certainly, last couple of weeks with Colorado. He's out of Sherwood Park. Uh, he was the third pick to the Saskatoon Blades. Michael St. Croix went fourth to the Edmonton Oil Kings. He's currently playing for the Manitoba Bisons. Mark McNeil went fifth. And there was a time that I was quite bullish on Mark McNeil. Uh, big six foot two, right shot center. He got moved this year from Dallas to Nashville's farm team. He's uh, had a very pedestrian... You know what happened to him? He, he won one pick before Oscar Clefbaum in the 2011 NHL draft. That was the year Nugent Hopkins went number one. Um, McNeil had two decent years with, in Rockford, but never made any headway at all with the Chicago Blackhawks organization. The story there was Joel Quenville didn't like him. Uh, ended up in Dallas and then this year got traded from Dallas to uh, Nashville. He's playing in Milwaukee in the AHL. That is a guy that if he ends up becoming a free agent this year, I think he could help a team in the lower uh, well, at the AHL level certainly maybe be a, a gap call-up, but it hasn't come quite to fruition for Mark McNeil. Never say never with a player. Alright, so to Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and again, We'll get to some texts, and a lot of the texts are saying, don't overreact. The Oilers just played, you know, Carolina and Ottawa on the road trip, two worst uh, save percentages in the NHL. Um, personally, I think he's smart enough to play with McDavid. I think he plays a strong read and react game, and uh, it allows Leon Dreisettle to focus on carrying his own line as well. But I'd like to get your thoughts on that. So we're going to start with Sirius Gord on line seven. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. So my first question on all of this, in regards to putting Hopkins on the wing, is why did it take so long, Bob? I mean, I and others have been talking about this for a year and a half. It was the most logical way to deal with the salary crunch coming up next year that you can't have a third-line center and pay him $6 million. So he either succeeds on the first or second line, or okay. you trade him for assets to do that. Why? Okay. Why? A, a, a couple things. Last year, would you not argue that the line of McDavid, Drysaddle, Maroon was? I mean, at the start of the season, TSN ranked that line number. Frank Cervelli from TSN they did a ranking of the top lines in the NHL. That line was the number one line at the start of the year. I agree. So, okay. No. Now, okay. What happened? What happened on January the fourteenth when we were in uh, Las Vegas to Ryan Nugent Hopkins? He broke his sternum, I think. It was. He busted his sternum up. So he was yeah, out. Yeah. So from the middle of January until basically the end of February, he wasn't even an option to play there. Okay. So, Bob, when at the beginning of the season and even in last year, I was saying, look, Nugent Hopkins is an issue. And I said, why aren't we trying him at least on the first or second line as a winger, either a Tricytle's wing or McDavid's wing? Because we have to either showcase him and sell him or we have to find a place for him on second. This issue has existed since the beginning of this year for next year, and only until his back was against the wall that staffing levels were so low, he had to do it. That, you know, after the playoffs have been missed, all this other stuff, I don't, I, I don't buy the excuse that they have one good working line, why would they change it? How many minutes? It's literally less than probably 40 minutes. Well, we are, so we had, in fairness, serious Gord, we had people at the start of the year that wanted the Oilers 
to split the three to to have McDavid center one line, Drysaddle center another, and Nugent Hopkins center another, and that's what they went with to start last year as well. And is, went and and just just if you could just hear me for a go, second, go for it, yeah. Right, we the team was in Boston on a road trip. They played in Buffalo on a Friday night, and they were horrendous. Okay, they were mm-hmm. awful in Buffalo. Now. Buffalo sucks the life out of you at the best of time. No excuse. The Oilers were not in position this year to look down upon their nose at anybody, but they were horrendous. The next day in Boston, the Oilers moved McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, each to their own lines, and then the team won 10 of their next 15 games. Now we're in a stretch where Nugent Hopkins has played the left wing with uh, McDavid over the last seven games, and we're seeing some positive results. It is interesting. Okay, so the three. The point being is that you could never afford to have those three guys all play center. You can't do it. Now, in terms of what happens next year, I just want to lay down this marker if it's okay with you. Shirelli, in my opinion, should do almost nothing <laughs> in the in the off season. The key thing in this whole thing, and the reason why I predicted that they weren't going to make the playoffs this year, was regression to the mean. I think you'll remember that. Yes. This we're looking at regression to the mean again where I think you're going to see hopefully a comeback here with Clefbaum, Lucic, etc. He has to let it ride. He cannot afford to trade assets. In that, is, that is not a sexy approach for some of the no. listeners out there, Serious Guard. Can I, I tell you that. something? Can I tell you something? I 100% completely agree with you. I think the only thing you should focus off in the offseason is the number one issue this team has and has chronically suffered with for over a decade. That is depth. We need to build depth. We need to be able to have an injury in the top two or two lines and have somebody we can pull up and swap in who will at least hold the fort, who will not destroy the whole mix of the team and its ability to compete. Depth is the most important thing going forward. If, if, if Talbot doesn't work out, it doesn't matter what we do. If, if, if Connor McDavid gets injured next year, heaven forbid, it's, you, know, those, we, you have to let it ride. We cannot sell assets for below market value to address issues we have to hope that those those assets rebound. My my guess is what we old. my guess serious guard is what we have seen here at least in the short term, and maybe a lot will be revealed in the next two nights because we're going to play two teams that are likely added to the playoffs, L.A. and Anaheim that are they need wins. So these are going to be way greater challenges. But if mm-hmm. Nugent Hopkins can continue to produce with McDavid, put it this way, I'll throw this out there. I think if Ryan Nugent Hopkins played a full season with Connor McDavid. Okay, and played a full season on the first unit power play. Okay, because there's no way this power play is ever going to be this bad again. Can't exactly. It's at it, it, it's at fourteen percent. Right. It's not. It, it's flat to me. It's flabbergasting. But the truth is, McDavid and Drysaddle, for as good as they've been at even strength. They're still learning the game a bit, too. And the power play is one of the areas. And the coaches would take ownership on the power play, too. I get that. But I think if you had Nugent Hopkins with McDavid, that Ryan Nugent Hopkins would be a 65 to 70 point score. And I then. Think he's in the top 10 points for the, for the league. Well, this, this year the numbers are up. Good. And then you'd have Dry Settle on his line, centering his line. And I think if Leon's on the first unit power play next year with Connor and Nugent, he'll bounce back a bit. And I could see. Drysaddle being a seventy-point guy, and then you have McDavid, and McDavid would be a hundred plus, if, assuming they don't miss any time due to injury. So that's if you keep Nugent Hopkins with McDavid. If you go Drysaddle with McDavid, 
Sure, Connor's 100-plus points. My guess is that Leon would be 75-plus points. But now Nuge becomes a 50-55-point to 55 point guy. What gets you further ahead? And it's a weaker second line, dramatically weaker in terms of what the role is. Because line. and the other thing right. is, you've paid Leon to carry that mail on that line. Hundred percent agreed. 100%. All right. Well, that, you know what? This makes for bad radio. <laughs> We're agreeing on too much. See you later, Gordon. Thanks, buddy. Have a good weekend. Yeah. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Your thoughts on RNH on the wing? Do the Oilers have a made in Edmonton solution? I believe they do. The other thing is, I think that Nugent Hopkins has been a very unselfish player. He's well-respected by his teammates. That matters. You can't import character and culture into your group. So you be patient and develop it internally with what you got. And you got some nice pieces. Don't forget that. Terrence out of Red Deer on line one. Terrence, how are you? I'm good, Bob. How are you? Good. Um, okay, just a couple comments and then a few questions, and then I'll let you go. Um, uh, uh, first of all, new uh, John McDavid's wing. Like, I kind of agree with Ward. Like at the beginning of the season, when things were going well, that McClellan should have tried that, and that's the only knock I have on McClellan because he's the best coach this team's had in a long time. Is that he, he just seems a little stubborn when it comes to his line. Um, but other than that, I'd love to coach. Um, second thing, I, and like, I know you work for OED, so you're kind of limited both of, uh, about what you can say, but uh, like when it comes to the trades that Shirley have made that have caused a, con- a bunch of controversy, yep. like the only solution in my head is that, like, you know, because he was, he was a uh, he was one of the finalists for GM of the year last season. So the only solution I can come up with is that he had to pay for the sins of GM in the past, which I don't necessarily agree with, but I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that. And then uh, second question, uh, if Edmonton falls between like five and eight in the draft, who do you think they take? Uh, I'm a big Bouchard fan, but I wanted to get your thoughts. Huh. And then third, um, lots of talk about Foliardi and how he's handled. Yeah. I actually agree with McClellan because he's a young player. Like You can see that he's lacking confidence, but then some games he goes off and still doesn't get top-line minutes. Um, but I think, like for me, I think it's next year, no matter what, McClellan's got to go to Foliardi and say, like, like, this is your time to grab this position by the horn. So okay, Terrence, you hit, on a, you hit on a bunch of things. Safe driving, okay? I'm gonna, I'll add to them right now. Uh, number one, most really good coaches are a little stubborn, okay? Because they believe in inherent core principles as to how you are can be successful uh, from team uh, from a team building perspective. Uh, the coaches that flip flop and one day you know, or the teams one day they're into analytics and then the next day it's all seen them good. So I'm not you know can, can Todd McClellan be stubborn? I bet you he'd tell you he could be stubborn because he believes in inherent core principles. Uh, is he, and Terrence said he thinks he's the best coach the owners have had. I'm in year 10 with the team. I'm telling you, I don't think it's close. He's the best coach they've had. He talked about Shirelli. Not every deal this year has worked out the way fans would have liked. That will be an ongoing narrative. That's how this works. Uh, Last year, the Oilers GM was up for executive of the year. Uh, Their coach was up for coach of the year. And their goaltender finished fourth in the Vesna Trophy. Two weeks ago, the Oilers were 31st in save percentage. 
<laughs> the the perspective is how the rest of the team is looked at. There's a direct correspondence there. Ironically, uh, Cam's pulled his game together. I'm confident Cam's going to be good next year. But uh, when when you don't have saves, that's when coaches and managers get criticized more. He talked about Pulley I'm comfortable with how he's being deployed right now. In, 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 I know I mentioned, and you can text us at 630, 630. I'd even look at putting Ratty short-term on the first unit power play and having Strom take ownership and run the second power play unit and keep and pull Yarvi and Lucic with that unit. It also keeps the lines together. That's my theory behind that. I don't want to see Paul Yarvey get handed the first power play unit. He's making strides in his game, and the organization has to be patient with him. Has to be. Unless they can get a heck of a player in return. That requires a need. That's got a an ingredient, like a right shot power play guy. Dean on line number three. Dean, how are you doing? Hey, good, Bob. How are you? Good. Um, I know, it's like you said, not going to make for great radio, but I have to agree with you with RNH. I think he, I think he's a made made Edmonton solution, and mostly from the standpoint of, I mean, there is good chemistry there. Obviously, he's a he's an intelligent player. He's he's got the wheels to keep up with McDavid, and I think, I mean, if you go out and try to try to source that first line winger. Um, is it gonna? Are you gonna be able to pay for that for six million dollars a year? What are you gonna get for that? Even if you can get fair value back on on RNH, and is there any guarantee that that player coming in is gonna have any kind of chemistry with McDavid, as we've seen with Lucic? So, you know, I mean, there's too many unknowns going the other direction. I think you've got a pretty good known here. I don't think there's any doubt that that Nuge can play with uh, with McDavid, and I think you know Raddy's looking good with them as well. He's a smart player, and he can he's got wheels to keep up. So I don't know. I don't know if there's a need to go out and try to source that first line winger. Well, I, the, for me, Raddy, that's a different conversation, right? I mean, he's he would have to knock it out of the park here in the final eight or nine. I will say this: he's. Uh, I would certainly consider bringing Raddy based on what we've seen through the last road trip. I would look at bringing Raddy back to the organization, pay him a little bit more on a two-way deal. Uh, I would also uh, look at signing a guy like Brandon Peary for some depth, uh, goal-scoring depth in the minors, just right. just in terms of a potential recall if there's injuries on that front. But uh, no, I, I'm I'm from the school like, and I can't reiterate this point now. Nugent Hopkins has the respect of his teammates because of how unselfish of a player he has been, and that is a factor. Like, you know what, he's... So if, if I personally believe this team long-term will be led by Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and uh, Darnell Nurse, the support players for those guys, for me, are going to be Nugent Hopkins along with Clefbaum and Larson on defense, and then we'll see how far Paul Yarvey goes. The other thing I will say, just in terms... I mean, the players are the first to know. Like, I, I can tell you the players liked Kyler Yamamoto. Okay? They believe in Kyler Yamamoto. They think he's a smart guy that's just, you know, hey, I mean, he's not quite ready yet. They're keeping an eye on what he's doing in Spokane. The guy had 52 points in 27 games after coming back from the World Juniors, okay? They're keeping an eye on him, and and he's going to have a chance to be an impactful player. And then with Paul Yarby, he just needs to continue to progress. So, uh, Agreed. Well, and I mean, the other, option, the other thing, too, is I mean, when you look at a player like Nuge, I mean, who do you... If you're talking about moving him out, who do you bring in that's got the versatility that a guy like that has? Well, that's the other thing. If you get an injury, uh, worst-case scenario, to 
uh, a McDavid or Drysaddle, you can slide Ryan right back in a center, and you can't yeah, do that. He's, if you... he's a, yeah, he's he's a, he's everything from a you know a one center, two center, three center up to playing either wing. I mean, I don't know. Think of how think about how Todd McClellan ran San Jose. They basically had four centers playing in their top six. Exactly. So right. I mean, I don't see. Like I said, I don't see us getting anywhere close to fair market value back on on Nuge, and I don't think you get a player back. Even if you did, I don't know who you get back that has that kind of versatility and. Obviously, you know, like we said, proven chemistry. All so, right, thanks, Dean. Absolutely, man. You bet. 780-496-0063. We'll take a quick timeout. This is Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports Certificate of Authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, Pro-Am Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 127 in Edmonton. Let's go to Fatty. I believe it's Fatty on line number one. Fatty, how you doing? Hi, Bob. Good. Love your show. I uh, just wanted to say that uh, I agree with what you said about uh, not having to import character into this team because this team does not lack character, does not lack speed or skill. I think what they need to work on is a little bit on the belief system. I strongly believe that they got to believe that they're better than the other team because they have proved it time and time again. We beat top teams with a great deal of ease. So the team does have what it takes. And I do also agree that, uh, uh, you know, with with McDavid and Nuge on the first line and Tricel on the second, that makes everybody better players. Love your show, man. Oh, well, thank you. Very positive energy call. You know what? you got to create positive energy from day one. And I honestly believe some of it was external and some internal, but sometimes in Canadian markets, negative energy can multiply during the course of the year. And so it's incumbent upon successful Canadian organizations to create as much positive energy as they can. There's different ways to do that. One of these days we'll get around to talking about that. It's 128 in Edmonton. Off to a global news weather traffic update. Brendan Ulrich, can you confirm it is Brent Dreger? Is that right? All right, Brent Dreger is up next. We'll get an update from the farm down in Bakersfield with Jerry Fleming when we return on orders now.